you, my good fella. What day is today? Today? Well, it's Christmas Day, of course. One half of Two Boys in a Balcony proudly presents... Come in and know me better, man! A special Yuletide podcast production. I am your host, Sean Sullivan. A shower cook! 25 Days of a Christmas Carol. God bless us, Hey there, folks. It's day 16 of the 25 Days of a Christmas Carol. I'm Sean Sullivan. If you like the show, please go to iTunes, leave a review. I'm not making any money off this, so, you know, just a nice, simple five stars, even a four star, I'll take it. You know, that should be enough to shove in the faces of my enemies. Look, today's episode went long, so I'll keep the history lesson brief. I was going to go through, you know, a whole convoluted history of the Hallmark Channel and the various iterations as both Christian channels and very Christian channels and all the buyouts and mergers, but I got to uh, a point in the, the history where in 1998, Hallmark Entertainment and the Jim Henson Company bought significant stakes in the Ovation Network, a Christian-themed network. Hallmark, Jim Henson come together. They buy equal stakes as partners under the banner, a Hallmark and Henson network. And as I read that, I got a bloody nose from thinking about how the American public let Hallmark push out the Jim Henson Company to create the whitest channel in the history of broadcast television. I can't believe the Hallmark Channel could have been all Muppets. All Muppets, all the time. We were so close to a real Muppet show. Today, we watched A Carol Christmas from 2003. It's bad. I think even for this kind of movie, this is like a new level of lazy, but it's a Christmas carol, and it's a good discussion. And joining me to go through this is one-fourth of the We Hate Movies podcast, Eric Siska, and his Hooked on TJ Hooker, a TJ Hooker rewatch podcast, Ben Worcester. Uh, these two guys I met in 2004 when we were all interns at Late Night with Conan O'Brien. It was a fun chat, and it was great to catch up with these guys. We'll see you after the bells. That was sort of like my first job at CBS. I was on the night shift watching TV all day, not commercials, but actual programming for syndication. Paid nothing, though, so that's... No. And then, of course, obviously, uh, uh, anybody listening to this, you should know that the three of us all met at a job where we were paid absolutely nothing the entire time. <laughs> and we probably worked harder than any other job I've had subsequently. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a hell of a time. Uh, I, I think we've... Has that picture gone out at all? The, the, uh, the set... Uh, from like the the studio floor, I feel like that I saw that on Twitter at one point. I think I the, I had tweeted it out, I believe, at one point. I don't know if I have them all though. I remember we all. Uh, I think we tagged each other in it when it was like the twentieth anniversary of the, the the Conan going on the air, or the thirtieth anniversary, or something right. like that. Um, and then now that the show's canceled, we just didn't give a shit at all. We we're just like we couldn't be bothered, but. Um, <laughs> No, I remember uh this is this is my favorite Ben story. 
and it's not really a Ben story. It's more of a Conan story. And is this is, is this part of the? Are we on the show now? Is this your show? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know. What do you, do you are you in a rush to talk about no, a Hallmark no. movie with Tori Spelling? <laughs> I was waiting for your wind up and pitch. Welcome to the twenty five days of Christmas. Oh, I, I'll do all that at the beginning. Nobody wants to hear. Uh, uh, I should say uh, uh, this is uh, Ben. Is sounds like this? I guess I don't know. I've never had more than one person on here that wasn't my kids. So I sound like this. That's Ben, and yeah. then Eric. Uh, you hey. guys, that's Eric. Okay, yeah, we're perfect. Actually, we're good. We, me and Ben are your kids, actually. So. <laughs> in a lo- in a lot of ways. Uh, we were. Me and Ben went to go see The Incredibles on the first opening night. We had tickets to go see The Incredibles, and we oh, bought yeah? them. We didn't give ourselves enough time between work and getting to the movie theater, <laughs> and so we we both. I was waiting. Somebody was working late. Is either me or Ben? We were waiting for the other one. We get on the elevator and we're like, all right, cool. We're going to go downstairs. We're going to go see The Incredibles. And then Conan O'Brien himself stops the elevator. He goes, hold the elevator. And we're oh, like, man. finally. Oh. And we, so then we're in the elevator. He gets in and then another writer walks by and he holds the door. He turns to us and goes, you guys are going to have to wait. And then he, has, he proceeds to have like a 10 to 15 minute conversation while we're just standing <laughs> in the elevator. Uh. And normally I would have been like, this is incredible. Look at this. What are, but I'm going, if, if we don't get to this movie on time, I don't have enough money <laughs> to go see it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. This was my movie ticket money. They pay, they paid zero, right? They travel reimbursement. And if you were staying in the city, I guess you were shit out of luck. We got, uh, I got travel. I used to have to buy a Metro card and then they would pay me back for that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, occasionally we would get a free meal. What's the most That's, ridiculous thing you guys ever had to do uh, during your time on that show? I had I had the most boring of the internships because I was a research intern, so I just had to sit at that computer all day working with Clay. Compl- <laughs> no, uh, was no, he doing he, research at that point? He, yes, he was. He was uh, no, he was the photo guy at that time. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember Erica Ullman and Sandra Weinberg or Susan Weinberg or something like that. So I had to just compile. I had to watch old episodes and then do research articles. I think I had to go on. I had to go to um, who's the heartbreaking, staggering genius book guy? Lethem. No, uh, Jonathan Lethem. Uh, Dave Eggers. Oh, Eggers. Yes, you're right. Yeah, I had to go to his superhero. Uh, reading program in the Brooklyn su- one the time. The supply store. <laughs> yes, I had to go there one time. I mostly just, I did just a bunch of runs mostly, but I did a lot of them, and some of them were, were weird. Like, um, I delivered, like, Conan's Emmy suit to his apartment building. That's cool. Um, and then just, like, oh, I went to Tiffany's once to pick up uh, jewelry for his wife. I did that as well. I did that oh, too. Really? I had to go. What? She's Separate a lucky jewelry runs? I had to go to, it wasn't Tiffany's. I had to go to, I swear to God, it was like, it was, it was like the jewelry store in Uncut Gems. It was one of those. <laughs> really? Yeah. I had to pick up some. Yeah. I had to drop something off or, or pick up a slip or something. I wasn't. A bag of ca- money. I wasn't carrying jewels. <laughs> but then I did have to go to his apartment one time and hand something to his wife, which I thought was very uh, strange. Yeah, because um, he lives. He lived in like uh, it looked like the Rosemary's Baby apartment building. Yeah, it was, it was on like one of those Central Park West back in those days. Yeah. yeah, wasn't it near the Dakota or 
Was it the Dakota? No, I don't. I don't mm. remember. I can't remember either. Um, it was uh, very strange, um, but we had fun. It was oh, fun. I sure did. Uh, I couldn't fun. tell you the name of another intern besides you two. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, they're all yeah, bums. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were bums, obviously. They. Uh, it was. A, it was a real strange. Uh, mix of people but oh boy we were a close-knit family huh, when boys? I, yeah exactly and when i say bums i mean literally bums they paid you nothing so there were some people yeah. sleeping on the street yeah. no there were a couple of one percenters in that mix oh there were yeah there were quite yeah yeah you guys uh, were a certain producer's son comes to mind <laughs> oh maybe we'll talk about that later off air <laughs> Well, I have no recollection of that. Speaking of uh, sons, uh, I'll put a little uh, uh, button on this, but the most ridiculous thing I did probably would be uh, I, I was dispatched to escort Max Weinberg's son from Penn Station to 30 Rock, like to just like the, br- bring him back, you know, in one the, piece. The one that's in uh, <laughs> the one that's in Slipknot. Yes, the very same. Really? Wow. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I, you know, I neither did I until just now. No, I, like it was it was ridiculous and he was uh, coming in on a train, he had like a, his little girlfriend and I I guess it was just like make sure he gets, you know, gets here in one piece. And uh we like and you failed miserably. <laughs> it's not him in the band. It's a different kid. Uh, <laughs> no, I just, I have a distinct memory of like bringing them back and uh, like he's trying to impress, you know, he's, he's with his little teenage girlfriend, uh, but like they're not paying attention and they started to walk into traffic and I had to like <laughs> s- stop short with him, you know, like, whoa there kid, you know, like, hold on a second. And like, he's kind of like, whoa. Uh, and then I think after that, he got it in his head, like, all right, I'm going to make this guy work. And what? so he, no, that he owes you a life debt now. <laughs> no, right. no, he made me flag down a like pedicab to bring them back in because I guess they wanted to ride in a pedicab at that point. Okay, the most the most efficient form of transportation. <laughs> <laughs> at least, yeah, I don't know. So that that's escorting Max Weinberg's kid back was very strange. One t- one time I, t- I was getting coffee for Conan. I had to do that a lot and it it like splashed around on the elevator it was like crowded and i get up there and i'm just like i, I tell his assistants of you know just so you know i know that it looks like there's coffee on the river i didn't drink any of that though i didn't <laughs> like stressing i didn't drink it so it sounds like i drank it yeah yeah, yeah. i want to i want to taste i want conan to taste me but if but if you if you look at the volume of the coffee, you'll see that it's still just it's high enough that it's just that's just drip that's just drippage no sip. <laughs> it no was sip. very like like okay okay like anything to get this kid out of the office right right like shut up. <laughs> I genuinely found no task more stressful than going down to get that coffee because for some reason yeah. I was like if this coffee screwed up the show's gonna suck ass and I'm gonna get fired. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, I went down one time and I think I think. It was a he got hazelnut coffee. Yes, and they did. I, yes, with a lot of milk and even I think sometimes he wanted it on the side as well because sometimes I don't think I put enough in. Ooh. Yeah, I I do remember they were like just get an extra cup of milk. Yeah, but I remember when going down one time and they didn't have the hazelnut ready and I was like, well, this is I had it. a good run. <laughs> uh, I think I've been here long enough to get the credits that I need, uh, and I'm just gonna go home for the rest of the semester. <laughs> Did you guys ever get the offer to go do landscaping at Max Weinberg's house? 
No. No. But the McEnroe talk show from CNBC tried to poach me. Did they? <laughs> I don't they know why. About, they heard about those coffee orders. I guess it's so. Like, they were like, well, does we, good we want work. someone to actually spit in McEnroe's coffee, so can we get that <laughs> kid over here? And I was like, I was like, no, because I was at, at Conan, and I didn't want to go to CNBC. Yeah, they, they offered you $3 an hour. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's so tempting. Start bringing in that big TV money now. But Sean, you like you like mowed lawns and stuff. I never went. I never. I, I remember somebody going. Max Weinberg. He pays you. It's not like it's not uh, indentured servitude or anything like that. But he used to get his landscaping crews, or he needed rocks moved or something on his property. He lived in New Jersey, and it was like a weekend thing. And it was like maybe he'd give you a hundred bucks or something like that. And I was like, that sounds miserable. <laughs> I, I question whether this is even legal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you guys, you guys both came down. You, ben, you were in Boston as well at that time, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming so from so, you BU. guys were like, just like you didn't have that semester. I was going to school the entire time I was there, so I would always try to get out of there before like the show started to get the train back to Westchester, where I was. Oh, oh that's right. Because you, uh, Eric, you weren't a full time. You were there only a couple days a week. Yeah, yeah. I was there like two or three days a week, or something like that. Um, yeah, no, I just, I, I could have graduated that semester, but I needed for my degree, I needed to take a, a costume design class, which I couldn't get into. So I was going to have to wait till the spring anyway to graduate. And so I was like, well, I could just, I could fuck around for a semester. I could go do something cool. And I interviewed at Letterman and they were like, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> and then I think I was one of the last people picked for the Conan spot. I, I was, was shocked. I got it. I, it was the only place that called me back. So. You guys know I I was out of college at that point. Have I told what? you guys that? Wait, this is then you shouldn't have even been an intern. Yeah, I know. I finagled my way in. Well, there was a guy that was on the research team. Uh, this this uh, guy Aaron, who I was there. I was twenty one at the time. He was definitely like ten years older than us. He was thirty one. He was a nice guy, but he used to be a professional skier, and he messed up his knee. Uh, what? And Ben, you might because we used to go to Ascat. Yeah. Um, and we used to go to his apartment because he had a he had a he had a apartment near the UCB, um, that had like a perfect view of the Empire State Building. It was like the nicest apartment I'd ever been in. And he, he, had also he wasn't in school. He just he signed up for a semester like one class at a community college so that he could I, get an internship. I think I remember going to that guy's apartment. Wow, because that's like a yeah, it was a very close view of the Empire State Building. I have a memory of that. Um, and I, I feel like, didn't we go there? Cause we got invited once or twice to ASCAT from like, uh, ooh, Brian Kylie. No, not Brian. No, Kylie. Kevin Dorf. Dorf. Yeah. 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 The coked up werewolf. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we used to go and then, cause you used to have to go at like six o'clock and get the tickets for the nine o'clock show. You have to wait in a yeah. long line. No, we just went and right then, in. And then we would go to that kid's apartment and then, uh, Kevin saw us. I'm on a first name basis with this guy. <laughs> nice. I, I've not seen on a television program in 20 years. Well, Kevin Dorf? <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. He's just, a, he was just on The he? Mandalorian. Get was out. he? No, he wasn't. Uh, yeah, as an Imperial officer. He's a little what? heavier now. But yeah, he got... Yeah, dude. Spoiler alert. The dude, big, big show for episode. redheads. <laughs> wow. Bill Burr, Kevin Dorf. Yeah. I remember... I've seen uh, two seconds of The Mandalorian because my daughter likes to look at Baby Yoda. It's good. Well, I'm also, you know, as your daughter, I uh, <laughs> love it. I love that show. Uh, I remember he had a, 
it's there's one joke. It's fu- it's funny. It's like the maybe the funniest thing uh, of the night because it's the one thing I remember uh, th- when we went to see him. Um, he had this thing where he kept bringing back this like uh, burn victim face that he made, <laughs> like Kevin Dorf did, where it's like he just like peeled his face back and like I, I don't know. It's just it it killed every time he did it. I don't know why I remember that, but. Kevin, if you're listening, that was pretty funny. Yeah, and thank you again for. Uh, mm. I think we, I think we even debated like, should we get him something? And we we're like, <laughs> no, he doesn't. This is nothing to him. He doesn't no. care. I got uh, the vibe. I got the vibe. He never liked me. I'll be honest. He was a little curt. When he Kevin Dorf. <laughs> yeah, but I don't blame him. I was a dumb fat kid. What are you? Doing? <laughs> weren't weren't we all except for Ben probably? <laughs> How much has changed? Oh my goodness! Now yeah, we're just, dumb, no. dumb, fat adults now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but uh, to I mean to segue into the movie that we watched, did you? Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I apologize, guys. I I I, uh, I knew that uh, William Shatner was in this thing. I know you guys are uh, big T.J. Hooker boys, oh, so yeah. I thought, well, simpatico. Look at this. But uh, yeah, real. What a wretched. So oh. it's A Carol Christmas from 2003. And it's so aggressively 2003, I felt like I could, I could, I could sense the tremors of Baghdad being bombed through the camera. <laughs> <laughs> it is, uh, it's, a, it's a Hallmark original production. Uh, I looked up the director. He's directed absolutely nothing else. Uh, it stars Tori Spelling as uh, the titular Carol. And she's the host of the Carol Show, which is like a it 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 seems like a proto Ellen. It's probably like a Rosie O'Donnell would have been the at yeah. that time. Um, it's just a daytime talk show, and she's the star of it. And it turns out that she's just a fucking bitch the entire time. And uh, we don't get a sense of what the show is or how she behaves on air or how the public receives her. Oh, we get but, none uh, of that. No, but all the pe- all the people. On the staff seemed to sure hate her. Um, it's a it's a television movie. If you couldn't tell because it looks like dog shit, it's one of the most uh, just blase. I I I can't get over the the TV credits on these Hallmark movies. I've watched a couple of them now, and it's just so strange the way that they can't turn their thing into an actual movie. They try. Yeah. They're trying hard, but it's it's not. Yeah. It's not getting there. It's not turning into a movie at any point. No. Uh, and I'll be honest, this is the first time I've seen a Hallmark movie. I certainly know about them. I know about uh, uh, Lifetime movies as well, mm-hmm. which I'd like to get into a little bit. Like Maybe you guys can help me. It, the distinction between Hallmark movies and Lifetime movies, Like, are they the same thing? I feel well, like there's some nuance Hall- Hallmark- there. Hallmark. Hallmark movies are like making you feel good, you know. Okay. You're 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 a housewife or, or or the like, and you're you're just like, oh, this makes me feel good. And then the Lifetime movies is like the sense of danger, like I could okay. be murdered in my house at any mo- moment. My kid could become addicted to online pornography. Uh, great right. movie, Cyber Subduction, <laughs> covers that one. Um, so it's Lifetime's more the perils. It's like the thriller right. version of Hallmark. Yeah. Hallmark is like secular christian filmmaking okay it's it's never it's never there's i don't think there's anything ever like um 
that's like clearly like this is about Jesus and the power of faith. But it's got that same kind of like uplifting, like if you just smile more, the human spirit will carry us all. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's not something that uh, I particularly enjoy. I can appreciate uh, why some people get enjoyment out of them, but um, this is, I, I don't know. This is, this was uh, aired in 2003 and then I think it, I think it aired once and then it didn't air again for like two years or something. I tried to do any kind of research into the production on this and nothing, not a, not a review, particularly about one, one, uh, one bit of casting that we will, we will get to. <laughs> you, um, mean you, you couldn't find out more information about this Matt for production <laughs> is that the production company matt four yeah uh, right at the beginning it says a matt four or matt iv maybe production uh I-, I need an iv after watching this thing because all my fucking fluids are drained this thing well, it-, it-, it brought me uh, uh to the coffin near to the coffin yep speaking it, of coffins we'll get is- there such a weird to set this in like a t because you know we all know uh ebenezer scrooge is like a quintessential grampy like an old grampy that's all angry all the time and then they make that the talk show host but i know i know sean you also covered scrooge recently right that's 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 sort of the better version oh for sure this is a gender flip scrooge minus the uh you know the the movie. Michael O'Donoghue sketch, yeah, minus the Bill Murray and the you know the great classic comedy of that movie. Yeah, this is, um, it's uh, it it's strange. So she, uh, Carol is sitting in her uh, office. She's she looks like she's ironically watching Doctor Bob, which is William Shatner, his his Doctor Phil ripoff character, uh, which I had to yep. I had to check because. Dr. Phil goes on the air in 2002. So this is clearly a reference to uh, that idiot in his show. Timely. Well, you see, the thing is, I didn't. You, that's good to know because part of me was like, is this like Dr. Oz? We're like trying to throw med- fake medicine at people, but Dr. Phil's like throwing fake psychology. So it's a right, yeah, good distinction yeah, you know. to make. Um, um, and she, uh, this was so great. She's having a discussion with her assistant about how she hates uh, Dr. Bob, but she watches it. And uh, she says, cliches have made him millions. I should be so lucky, which I love the idea that this Hallmark movie has the balls to try to tackle cliches in film <laughs> or on television. I love that whole scene is like she's going to give her entire staff soap for Christmas because they all smell bad. <laughs> she's like a she's like an insult comic with her. Right. Staff. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, she's she, so she's she's Scrooge. Tori Spelling is the Scrooge of this movie, and her assistant is the Bob Cratchit, uh, who's got a ten-year-old daughter. Um, her name is Roberta, by the way. Because yeah, you, know, you, see, you see what they're doing. That's what they, it's how they do it on all of these things. You would oh, be really? surprised. Oh yeah, the 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 way that these people the usually you know the Fred and the Bobs uh, they'll usually be the same, but the way that they trip over themselves to try to work in a a Scrooge, it's always a there's always a Ben. Uh, has been a big uh, first name. If instead of Ebenezer, they'll just cut it down to Ben. Ben, um, is that is Ebenezer what your name is, Ben? And you just shorten it to Ben? <laughs> Ebenezer Wooster. Oh, yeah. I never even considered. You're not a Benjamin. You're an Ebenezer. I am a bit of a Scrooge. It's <laughs> oh. true, Eric. Uh, yeah. Don't check your stocking this year. Uh-huh. You might find a little bit of coal. 
<laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Ben. Are you under the impression that Scrooge delivers presents? <laughs> 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 There's Santa think- Claus. That's a different guy. Good kids. Santa Claus visits the good kids, and Scrooge comes to the naughty boys. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I mean, that, Santa's not going to keep coal up in the North Pole. He's got to rely <laughs> on Scrooge for that. I love. By the way, one of her uh, producers is the dad from Donnie Darko. This guy Hal. Yes, Mister Darko. Is that Mr. Yeah. Darko? I, I recognize yeah. that character actor. He's been in a lot. Yeah, um, he's doing the heavy lifting of this, and he's the one that that gets off any type of humor in this. I like that they uh, they book a special guest, the world's largest Santa Claus. <laughs> the guy that right. looked like uh, Wil- uh, Wilford Brimley. <laughs> he's got his belly hanging out. He's got like a little tank top on, and he's got his big belly hanging out, and he's sitting there on the couch like, hey, man, we're doing the talk show. And then he's, Mr. Darko's raving about it, going like, he's immense. Maybe and she's he's- got more of a Jerry Springer show. Oh, that's and- a good call. Maybe- yeah, and she wants, to, she wants to be Oprah, but she's Jerry Springer. And that's sort of like she always says the show is shit, right? Yeah. Yeah, she seems real down on what she does. She doesn't seem like she's in big, uh, a big fan of herself. Uh, she's not happy. She, she really isn't. She's just not happy. Something, um, something's, you know, stuck in her craw. The world's largest Santa Claus, uh, by the way, is there minimum five hours before taping. <laughs> he's just, <laughs> sit, he's not moving from that chair. He's doing an intern shift, I think. I mean, I... <laughs> Uh, not to keep going back to the Conan days, but I remember I had to ride up in the elevator. I had to greet people sometimes and ride up in the elevator and like escort them to the studio. I rode up with the Beastie Boys one time. Which oh, was, wow. Oh, my. I, I was uh, not there that would... day, and oh, my God. that's. I still regret it. I was not yeah, there that they day. Were, uh, they are little, little fellas. Oh, but, um, <laughs> they Pet boys. They don't show up... Uh, super early you know i think the guests get there an hour before the show this guy is there because yeah. she's got to take a three-hour nap in a minute um but the world's largest santa no no discussion about uh what he's gonna do uh no proof i'm gonna need your certificate on this one because he's a big fella but surely he's gotta be a bigger santa than this guy <laughs> yeah there's probably a bigger santa oh, but, uh, i'm a card carrying world's lar- let me just get it at oh wait where'd it go Hold on. Oh, no, I left. It's in my other folds I left at home. <laughs> oh, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> this poor fella. Uh, I do like the end. The world's largest Santa does come back, and it's because uh, she, she kicks him off the show after her transformation at the end. She kicks the world's largest Santa off because it would be it would be mean to make fun of him. Yeah. She grew uh, as a character. Look at that. She, I don't think this guy particularly cares. He's no. a, He's out of gig now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think that's his whole, that's his bread and butter right there. Pun yeah, he's a, you don't call yourself the world's largest Santa, you know, if you're ashamed of it. Um, Her sister comes through. Her sister just is at the studio, makes a special trip to drop off these homemade presents from uh, Carol's niece and nephew. Uh, Carol doesn't care about them at all, Uh, which is, I love that in a movie whenever a rich person gets upset about a shitty gift. Like, yeah. you... You ha- you could just buy anything you want. That's- you could just pretend to like it for five seconds. Yeah, just oh, <laughs> that's that's really the the root uh, cure to almost any problem in any movie is if just just pretend for half an hour and then they'll go away. They don't care for anymore. Yeah. As soon as they walk out of the room, throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> now she's got to have it her way. Carol 
needs to have it her way. Carol Cartman, I should say. <laughs> yeah. What is with that name? I don't know. I mean, what, South Park was on top of the world in 2003. It was only like six seasons in, I think. Yeah, no, South Park comes on in 1997, and the name yeah. Cartman just gets lifted to the rafters. We're done with that one. You can't use that as a character name anymore. It's ridiculous. Especially for Carol Cartman. That's your Ebenezer Scrooge. But then we're bending over backwards to, to try to name everyone else like a Christmas Carol. Right. It's, um, yeah, and it's the, the one of the laziest... There have been a couple of these. I debated to do, uh, we, we ended up with, I picked a Carol Christmas because it was easier to, to find a stream of it. But uh, Carrie Fisher has one that's called It's, it's Christmas, comma, Carol. So, <laughs> oh, I, oh, Carol's from the fucking name. Why didn't I even realize right. that? Um, <laughs> oh, you just putting together, they just flip the yeah. words? Yeah, okay. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> genius. I th- you know what? I think you, you sent me the stream, and I looked it up on IMDb all day long, and I think my, my internal dys- dyslexia just swapped it back. <laughs> yes, you're like, boy, oh, boy, what a, what a very strange traditional telling of a Christmas carol we watched. <laughs> yeah. I wish this movie um, was called A Cartman Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> they would have made more money. Oh, for sure. It would have been a it would have been a uh, a holiday tradition. Um we meet our we meet the tiny Tim stand in uh when uh when Roberta has to go pick up her daughter and then bring her back to the studio. Um because she is uh getting all these gifts for people. And that's that's one of the uh, Roberta should just uh give the interns all these tasks yeah that's it's been my experience on a television program that's how it works <laughs> well this is hollywood right they try to make it that's the thing is that they're not telling you it's like we we show this woman is making so little money and it's like oh my god look at this the economic disparity etc cetera, etc cetera. when we see her home later it's like william shatner's the ghost of christmas past is like i can't believe it but in reality they don't pay anyone to do any of this stuff no no, this. But I think that maybe this movie was already probably not using union labor to film it, so they yeah. couldn't really. They didn't want to take the risk to exploit this, internships as well. This movie was made in a North Korean prison camp. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on. It's mentioned in Kim Jong Il's book, uh, the On the Art of Cinema, which is a real book. Oh, oh, he's a big, uh, big movie lover. You know, yeah. They love it over there. They'll kidnap directors to make movies, and they probably, if they kidnap Tori Spelling, they can keep her, though. Maybe that's what I'll do next year. For uh, I'll do the 25 Days of Illegal Korean Cinema. <laughs> yes. Do you guys like um, how, I feel like, you know, before we get too far into the, the plot, we do need to touch on the, uh, the men in this movie, uh, because they, they do play a... Uh, a central role. Uh, uh, chiefly, there is the... Now, is is this a husband or boyfriend of the mom of Tiny Tim? What's this dude's deal? Uh, Jim, what's this guy's name? Uh, <laughs> what, wait, what does he do again? I don't even remember this character. I remember Jerry? She, I, no. I think Jimmy. Not a, Jimmy. I think he's the hands-on producer of the show. Right. Okay. Or maybe he's, he runs the show, showrunner or something. Because he's the one running around at the beginning. With that like Aaron Sorkin-like opening where he's like talking with everyone and the camera's right. moving. And uh, um, yeah. And, and everybody seems to like him and he, he seems to be putting out fires all over the place. Uh, there's a guy that keeps bumping into Carol that she keeps threatening to fire that he keeps trying to hide. 
which um, I, I kind of like that. That that was, uh, <laughs> it was so dumb because like by the second time, and it happens like thirty seconds after the first time. But he's like carrying this giant armload of presents, and the whoever they cast for that, I mean that guy, uh, maybe the finest actor in this in this movie. I think <laughs> it's. It's, uh, I mean, it's a low bar. It's a low bar. <laughs> well, what, you know, like, man, Tori Spelling is uh, so terrible. Like, uh, Gary oh. Coleman does better. Does he much does. better than her. Oh, yeah. without a doubt. And Gary Spoiler Coleman, alert. Gary Coleman. Uh, uh, and, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's put a pin in Gary Coleman for a second, because we got to get through Aunt Marla, played by Dina Manoff, uh, who is most known as the... She's Marty in Greece, um, but uh, she's best known as the uh, the friend of uh, the kid's mom in Child's Play that gets thrown out the window immediately. Oh, yes. Mm. Man, good call. That was yeah. a great scene. I would love to see her <laughs> thrown out a window in this. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, her career uh, out the window after this. Uh, two more credits after this. Still very much alive, but she's retired by 2005. Like Tori Spelling could like... Call down to a kid down below. What day is it? Is it Christmas Day? And then throw her friend out the window. <laughs> Just the corpse, the corpse, the cold the corpse aunt, of her yeah. aunt. <laughs> um, yeah, this is one of the worst Jacob Marley scenes. Uh, so all of these weird adaptations that kind of like try to to you know subvert uh, a Christmas Carol and play with you know the traditions always have this scene, and this is easily the worst one I've ever seen. You start with a talking headshot. And then she comes in the room all wrapped in gold chains. Oh, uh, it's just um, it's it's sting. And then she says, "Heed my warning" about seventeen thousand times as she's exiting the room. I, I was kind of hoping it would have been Beetlejuice instead. Uh, oh, that that would have been be a treat. That would have been a scene. Could you imagine that guy in a Christmas movie? Yes, oh, I could. It would yeah. be great. You know, <laughs> a heck Turn- of a. Uh, it's it's uh, yeah, my favorite. Christmas film is Beetlejuice. Everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could turn into a candy cane if he wanted. Yeah, just he's got that black and white striped suit. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's almost Switched a up. candy cane. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's basically there. He's a naughty candy cane. He's a, Bur- a Tim Burton. He's a Nightmare Before Christmas candy cane. <laughs> um, yeah. So she uh, she does the you know you're gonna have three ghosts and they're gonna come in uh, scare you and teach you how to be a good person and, and then she. Uh, still decides to lay down for this three-hour nap. Now, this is, she has this vision after she has consumed tea that her assistant brings her, correct? Yes. Um, right. Because She's I, drugged. I, she is, uh, at this point, drugged or poisoned to a certain extent, right? Like, I, I mean, I wasn't ruling out a poisoning because they clearly established at this point how uh, hated she is around her, her own mm-hmm. show. Well, I think they I think they specifically say that she drank green tea. And I think she swears off green tea. Yeah. I see. I which see. I'm not a I'm not a huge tea drinker. I certainly wasn't at the time this came out. Green tea is that it's one of the the first foreign teas that you kind of get into, right? When you're trying yeah, to experiment out and branch out. Pretty standard. I don't think yeah. you would swear off green tea if you drink tea. But I assume it was definitely laced with some MK Ultra type of stuff. Are we, are, are we sure this wasn't a cup of Peyo tea? Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Or mushroom tea? That's very popular. Perhaps, perhaps. 
she's having her own midsummer moment. Little magic <laughs> mushroom tea. She definitely was tripping. And yep. uh, yeah, Aunt the ghost of Aunt Marla. Um, uh, and then, uh, you know, that also that heed my warning thing where like her regular picture was talking in the frame that was genuinely like bizarre in a mm-hmm. in a movie uh mm-hmm. full of bizarre moments um i don't know why that that stood out but that that was kind of like you know we, am i watching inland empire right now all of a sudden <laughs> what's going on I it wish. just it it seems it's so it starts with the talking headshot and then the character comes into the room and they have the whole scene face to face and then it ends back on the talking headshot. Yes, which yes. Is, which, to, for no reason, other than they had to stretch this out to a certain length. But <laughs> like we've already seen the magical talking headshot. We don't need to go back to that. We keep saying talking headshot, and I keep imagining uh, David Byrne coming out in a big suit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this movie I, stopped making sense a while ago. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to try to build off uh, Eric's Twitter persona, but. A uh, talking headshot would be David Byrne with that <laughs> giant suit up in the book depository. Yes. That is <laughs> um, definitely a Zapruder film-esque uh, sentence. Um, so we get, the first, uh, we get the first ghost to come visit, and it is none other than Gary Coleman himself. Ah, uh, now he we're talking. He plays the ghost of Christmas past. He's uh, essentially, uh, from the description, he sounds like he, is, uh, he was an actor on a show that she watched as a child or... Or she was a child actor. Mm-hmm. Couldn't make sense of why Gary Coleman was chosen, <laughs> other than he was Gary Coleman. I think that's it, and it's much more amusing now that he's dead because he's playing the ghost of Christmas Past. He's actually a ghost now. Except that's what I'm getting at, Ben. He's 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 uh he could be haunting us this evening. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it would be really an honor. I think, Sean, when you're done with this little experiment, this podcast marathon you're doing. I think you'll be visited by ghosts. Oh, I, I certainly hope so. It's got to pay off at some point. I need my inspiration for my next... Uh, I'm going to do a 50 straight day podcast. Uh, <laughs> and he can, tele- uh, he can teleport. I think we need to establish yep. this. All uh, these ghosties can, right? I, is that a ghost power, I guess? Definitely, right? Yeah. So it's, it's something that it only, I only pieced it together... That they are doing that when the ghosts move, it's a Star Trek uh, transporter effect. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. and that only yes. I was, as soon as I saw Shatner do it, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's what it is." And I think they really—it's uh, a real missed opportunity that they uh, didn't just let that be a, a William Shatner Easter egg for us. They should have as, structured it all around that. Be like, "Oh, we came on a ship that God sent." Uh, maybe that's too much, like the Hell Pop Comet shit, but Heaven's Gate or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but like to have you, like a God ship that these ghosts beam down from would be cool. Uh, it uh, it would certainly be any cooler than anything that happened in this movie. Um, it's uh, William Shatner's Doctor Bob. We see that she sees him on the TV, and then he comes and is the second ghost, which leads credence to Ben's, this is all a, a weird uh, psychedelic trip. Absolutely. Gary Coleman is just nothing. They couldn't throw him in earlier as like a, you know, a guy that's a guest on the show or something. It's just so lazy. They had so many just, opportunities to set it up. Just mock up a picture of like her with him. Like he's a mm-hmm. fellow celebrity or something like that. You know, because yeah. he was also on a show. 
she had that wall of pictures behind her in her dumb office. Like, just throw one of those on her desk or on the wall or something. Done. Now we're making sense. Uh, um, Gary Coleman, of of course, he, uh, I covered this on my, my other podcast, Two Boys in a Balcony. We did an episode on an American Carol, which is another Christmas Carol adaptation that Gary Coleman appeared in. Is that the uh, crazy right wing one? Yeah, it's uh <laughs> oh. It's not it we thought it would be a fun uh thing to make fun of and it just it just made us very angry. Kelsey Grammer is Patton or something? What is he in this? Kelsey Grammer is Patton. Nice. Um James Woods is a, is in, a, in it. He's an agent. John Voight is uh George Washington. <laughs> um oh, Dennis Miller is uh Dennis Miller. <laughs> you know uh Dennis Miller is not it's I don't. I think he's the one that didn't get in. No, Robert. Uh, Robert Davi is the the. Oh, uh, get the no. Is, this is both. No way. This no, doesn't no, exist. He's, he's the main terrorist. We uh, <laughs> really. Oh, nice. Yeah. The other guy, the guy that actually kind of looks like Ben a little bit. I've always thought uh, the kid from Super Troopers that. Uh, uh, oh the yeah, Snos- the uh, Snozberries guy. The, the yeah, the that's, an, that's an honor. He was married to Christina Hendricks at one point. Right. Yeah. He's he uh they both play terrorists. I he he uh is putting <laughs> in the work in an in American Carol. It, it, I feel bad that he's in it because I think he's a funny guy and he just yeah. clearly wanted to work with uh David Zucker or whichever Zucker is still doing this shit. But Gary Coleman and uh David Allen Greer play uh in the in the Ghost of uh America Present uh play uh slaves. Ah, oh, there we go. <laughs> just flat out slaves and uh okay. he does a he does a "What you talking about, Master?" I believe. Ooh. I think he, yeah, "What you talking about, Massa?" Yikes! I believe is the line that mm. Gary Coleman was paid money to say <laughs> while standing next to David Allen Greer, who. So that's a I movie. Loves. That's that's, ins- a, that's insane. But in this, uh, Gary Coleman very subdued could have been uh, literally anybody. It seems like a. It seems just a. Let Gary Coleman be Gary Coleman. Yeah, he was definitely there for like an afternoon. Got in and mm. out. Uh, the first place they visit is uh, the the church play that they're doing at the the school play, where uh, little Carol is one of the wise men, and Aunt Marla comes in, and uh, I I blacked out for a second. I don't know how she bullied the school into making Carol the Virgin Mary, but that's what happened. Well, she's got celebrity cachet too, right? Oh, on Marla? Was, she, was Marla someone? Like, she seemed to be very... Maybe she's like a sh- crazy... Maybe she was supposed to be like one of those crazy showbiz moms. That's the vibe yeah. I was getting. Yeah. Yeah. But she uh, she bullies uh, uh, this little girl out of the part, and uh, Carol's going to be now the Virgin Mary. Uh, and then she tells her something. She goes, your mother and father told me that if you didn't get the lead in the school play, they wouldn't let you continue your acting lessons. <laughs> so, I... This whole Ghost of Christmas Past section doesn't deal with their parents at all, and the sister never comes up. There's never, uh, we never see why she hates her sister so much. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, she's this uh, Tori Spelling is just a terrible person. <laughs> you mean Carol Cartman? Yes, Carol Cartman is a terrible person. She's all akin right. to the famous Grampy Ebenezer Scrooge. Well, now. <laughs> Ebenezer I've been trying to work Grampies into everything now. I just think it's a funnier way to say an older person. Was Ebenezer Scrooge uh, known for his work in school plays? Uh, his stage work, I guess? 
No, traditionally no. Traditionally Just, no. Uh, okay, so they're taking a liberty here with that. <laughs> this is this is a bit of artistic license, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, speaking of artistic license, though, uh, uh, we get to see none of that on display because uh, I was kind of hoping, like, all right, they're building up to this, like, oh, you, when is uh, you know when do the curtains part? It's showtime, baby, and it's like you're not going to actually show anything. And no, of course they don't, because that nope. would require Tori Spelling to be on stage. Uh, like performing which oh she's I, performing the whole time there Ben I don't know what uh, <laughs> we must have watched two different performances you guys seem very down on it I think she did a great job <laughs> um, we get uh, should we so oh we skipped oh about shit two, about a minute into the movie no we gotta teleport back is it okay no. if I curse on this by the way is that uh, yeah we've been uh, okay. all rules are out the window huh <laughs> It's just boys' night, reunion night for the boys. There we go. Uh, Carol's flipping through the newspaper, and she's disgusted because uh, John Joyce is getting the the mayor's good guy award. Good guy of the year, John (laughs) Joyce. (laughs) Good guy. The mayor's good guys. They say good guy of the year as if man of the year is not an expression that is commonly used. Uh, And this is like, well, we can't, you know, uh, people are going to get all upset about the pronouns and the genders and stuff. So we just got to say good guy. Good he's a guy. Good guy of the year because he's opening these soup kitchens, which is she just turns her stomach. But then we see in the past that they had a, a torrid love affair told completely in silent montage. Wow. Oh, oh yeah. We get, we get John Joyce putting the moves on mm. Carol. It's something mm. else. This actor, by the way, playing John Joyce. Yeah, I was kind of obsessed with this guy. He was. Oh really? Oh yeah. You're gonna John Lennon him? Every- <laughs> uh, He's gonna go outside Conan's apartment. Yeah. Hit him with a sack of coal. Uh, th- no, this guy. It's just this actor. I don't know where they got him from. Like he simultaneously is like right out of the Sears underwear section, but oh, yeah. also looks like he definitely did like porn at one point mm-hmm. as well he's a tidy whitey <laughs> <laughs> both in both fields catalog and porno <laughs> he uh uh yeah i i'm curious where any of these actors come from because other than you know the the stunt casting ghosts and tori spelling you you don't see any of these people in anything else no yeah. uh uh, Roberta has a credit. Now, I've only seen two episodes of The West Wing, and I found it to be uh, just unwatchable. I never saw it. But Roberta is listed as Ellie Bartlett, and I believe that's Bartlett is the president's name. Yeah. So get- she might have she might have been on The West Wing. She might have had a career. Mm-hmm. For one episode, you said, or no? It's like a hundred. <laughs> oh wow. Well, yeah. I think <laughs> jokes on us. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, maybe, uh, well, I mean, now that democracy is fixed, there's no one really need to watch the West Wing, so. That's um, That's a second Aaron Sorkin reference of the, of the episode here. Although, yeah. in the case of this movie, more like Aaron Suckin. Huh? All right, everybody. I hope you guys have a good Christmas. <laughs> um, Wait, let's get one more Aaron Sorkin reference in. Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh, a cocaine Christmas. That's wasn't, right. Wasn't he caught at the airport with like 
a suitcase full of magic mushrooms and cocaine and joints and oh really yeah like this would actually this may have been back around when this movie came out i feel like it was sort of like mid to early aughts where he was infamously because he was sort of at the height of his west wing fame and then i was like what drugs Mm -hmm. but that's my that's my story all right. Uh, you know what? We're, we're, I'm not even going to throw an allegedly on that. That's just gospel <laughs> truth. It is. Come and get me, Sorkin. <laughs> um, there, there's a song that plays under the dating montage that is a fake song because I, I tried to look up the lyrics and I couldn't find it. It but then, sounded real in a way, right? I feel it's it's one of those songs where it's like, have I? I guess it's just generica. So it's just like, I think I've heard this before, right. but I guess I hadn't. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I was like, oh wow, they. They dropped the budget on on this song, this very popular song that I obviously know. But then uh, I I had a stroke when a California Christmas started playing, <laughs> which is the Beach Boys sound alike song that they composed for this film, which is just it's a California Christmas, ooh. And they play both songs out <laughs> in their entirety. They got their money's worth from these two. Uh, pickups. This seems like the type of movie that Mike Love would would actually make an appearance in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, as, like, as the official Beach Boys. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's playing the he's playing Carol's big show. He's the musical guest. Well, Ben, wasn't uh, the Beach Boys in T.J. Hooker for you, one episode? You got that right, buddy. They <laughs> sure were. TJ and the gang go and see the Beach Boys. Yeah. Now After, this is what? What's the? What year is TJ Hooker run? It's eighty-two to eighty-six. Yeah. So this is this is post uh, Brian and Dennis Wilson. They're yeah. They're yeah. ones in ones in La La Land, and the other one is probably dead at this I point. I think it was like concert footage they reappropriated, and then like one or two of them were actually there to shoot like pickup shots for it. Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah. That used to be a real thing in uh, TV where. Just uh, dad bands would show up on uh, shows like that. Wasn't yeah. wasn't Carl? Didn't he have a line? Or am I misremembering I, that? You know, you might be. We 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 already covered the episode, so if people are interested, they could go to yeah. tjhookerpodcast.com yeah. and go listen to it. I don't remember. You can also yeah. find the episode that starred Jerry Lee Lewis for more oh. musical luminaries. Was he arrested for uh, cousin love? What what? TJ was uh, hunting him down for. Underage prostitution. <laughs> oh no! No, he talks no. to him about something. Of course, because he's a guest star, they just they they act like he's a cool dude. Yeah, yeah. He, just, he walks on. He's playing himself. <laughs> he does. He does play the piano. He, oh, oh piano. nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. They paid for a riff or two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we say goodbye to sweet Gary Coleman. Uh, a completely uh, wasted opportunity, I think. Not that I'm I'm trying to find ways to improve this movie, other than just you know burn all negatives of it but uh you could add him you could have, you could have coaxed a, a what you're talking about carol out of this guy <laughs> you definitely could have you did nothing for him uh we get the next uh we get the next visit from uh, the man himself william shatner oh boy yeah as How the about this as the germaphobic ghost of christmas present he's got a a weird affectation where he's very sick and afraid of germs and touching people. I yeah. guess maybe that's a play off the doctor thing. I don't know. I didn't quite. Uh, it's just William Shatner. He's just that's just how he is. <laughs> right. I didn't quite I mean, get wh- that. No, uh, it it comes into play 
uh, when they go to her sister's house, the second visit they make where all of a sudden he's like, ooh, my allergies. And then he plays the rest of the scene with a stuffed nose. Is uh, that what was going on? I didn't pick up on I that. I didn't get that at all. And then, yeah, but he, I did he, notice like, why he talks is he all trying nasally. to like, you know, like, uh-oh. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he talks specifically about the allergies. You boys still there? I'm yeah, here. You cut out okay. just for a second. Um, so, uh, the first thing they do is they're outside, uh, they're in, uh, apparently a gangland Compton, uh, <laughs> what was the point of that? <laughs> I, this, this, I no it, idea. I, I love that, that Tori spelling has a line here. That's like, um, we're, let me see if I wrote it down. It is, uh, oh, what are we here for a Christmas drug deal? Yeah. <laughs> I and had that written down too. Shatner's. No, this is where your assistant Roberta lives. And you just know there's roaches and rats in there. Right. <laughs> he says that this poor woman is living in ro- in a, in a roach-infested rat den just because it's not in the gilded section of town. Yeah, she's uh she's an assistant to Carol, but she's not uh uh no, he does I mean, he does the uh, the the fake out. She goes she goes, "Really? This is where she lives?" And he goes, "No, she lives in Beverly Hills." I thought that was him being sarcastic. Oh, it was. But, but oh, okay. I don't think she she was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> but then they, um, they teleport. Cool she was aggressively stupid like I am. They, they teleport somewhere else, right? Like they didn't actually go inside that that roach infested hovel. Or did they? I couldn't well, tell. Well, they teleport into a home. <laughs> right. We, presumably it's the same home that they were talking about, but... Uh, uh, I mean, that was a real piece of shit. <laughs> it does uh, look different on the inside. I think the windows are different or something. So maybe this I, is on the fucking moon. I don't know. I'm 100% convinced that the house they use for Roberta and the house they use for the sister are the same house. There's no chance they went to two locations. They just yeah. they dressed one side of the room to look poor, and then they put you know a portrait <laughs> hanging on the other side. Uh, they're in the room... Um, I think it's Jim, the producer that's uh, that's always flirting with Roberta, is there because he wanted to take them to a Christmas tree lot and buy them the biggest tree for them to have Christmas. Um, oh, that's nice. I don't know how you guys uh, celebrated in your families. I don't even know, honestly, if you guys celebrate Christmas or wh- how you did growing up. Uh, Christmas Eve, a little late to be getting your tree. I don't even know if you could possibly get one then. Yeah, uh, we would usually get one before then. It was a very loose Christmas tradition. My place growing up, presents were you know was the back of the hand. You know the, the stern <laughs> discipline. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm exaggerating only slightly, very slightly. But no, it was very much Christmas is almost just another week. You know. Okay. Sounds but it was cheery. There. You had decorations. What are you fucking frowning about? Back of the hand, if you <laughs> you speak up. What's in that stocking, Daddy? Uh, let me reach in and show you. It's my damn well, sore feet from working all day. <laughs> <laughs> when, <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was a. I think it stemmed from like, like you, you, you know, like you're now becoming a man. You were, you know, you're twelve, and that's enough <laughs> of that. Enough of those toys, you know. Yeah, Christmas is for pansies. Yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit. Yeah. It yeah, was, it, it uh, is. It was it's, a stern upbringing, and it made me who I am. How about how about you, Ben? You have tinsel in the house. <laughs> yeah, Ben, you have tinsel. Lots <laughs> you of tinsel. Son of a bitch. 
trimmed tree roasting chestnuts. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it was a uh, it was a fucking Hallmark card. Uh, just every Christmas Eve, sitting down to read an in the entire Christmas Carol from start to finish. <laughs> the three and a half hours it would take you to get through that. No, we we would sit down to read a Carol Christmas. It's <laughs> just the, your favorite screenplay. <laughs> the, the screenplay from this 2003 classic. Mother, throw out the Bible. <laughs> um, the big uh, the big moment in this is there's a knock at the door, and uh oh, it's uh it's Frank. Roberta's ex-husband, and she's shown up on Christmas Eve to try and get full custody of Lily, the child that he walked out on before she was born. Now, I am not a family lawyer. Um, you know, I I, I uh, am married. So, I have two kids myself. It's not something that's come up. I haven't had to investigate any of it yet. I don't think the time to reinsert yourself into your daughter's life is on Christmas Eve <laughs> with custody no, papers. No. So what but, law do you practice? Since you're not oh. a family lawyer, what 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 law is is your under your pur- your purview? Oh, uh, real estate law. Gotcha. If you guys, yeah, but only in Massachusetts. I can't help mm-hmm. you guys out in New York. I wish I could. Mm-hmm. I might want to. I might want to get something in the Berkshires one day. Maybe I'll retire up there. Well, I you know I'm not a I'm not a real estate agent. I'm just strictly. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can look at the no, paperwork no, no. after the fact. You're no, gonna I, have to find the place on your own. You found Ben a place to live in Washington <laughs> Heights. <laughs> In 2004, so you yeah, owe me. And thank God that I tricked him into moving into that fucking house. Speaking of rat-infested hovels. I never saw a rat, but I did singe my pillow on the water pipe that ran next that, to my head where I slept. That thing was dangerous. <laughs> it was... It was the uh, the 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 pantry that Ben moved into that I lived into. It, I had room for a desk and a bed, but I did not have room for a chair. Oh, man. So if I wanted to sit at my desk to use my computer, I had to sit on the end of my bed. So then when I moved out, I had a big, huge, big, fat ass dent <laughs> in the base of my of That's my bed amazing. that never went away. Um, but uh, yeah, so I would have uh, loved to live in Roberta's uh, house at the time. It Palatial. Is, it's so roomy. happy. It is roomy. Mm. And that's oh, just nice. California for you. And it's just it's just uh, Roberta and, and the daughter, so you don't need that much space. No. Um, but uh, that's all up in the air because uh, Frank is back. The ex-husband's back. He's he's remarried to a great lady, and they can't have kids, so they're going to come steal this kid. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, we're we're led to believe that there was no absolutely no contact prior to this encounter, right? Like he's never seen his daughter until right now i mean it seems like she recognizes him right the daughter does i mean the daughter. i don't i don't I, I don't like to to pick on child actors because it's you know they're just kids doing a job but i mean this lady's a full-grown adult now this kid stinks <laughs> and uh <laughs> um but uh better than tori she- spelling yeah okay all right i'll take it yeah um yeah, I just there's a, there's a way there's a path back in and it's not it's not Christmas Eve to come and do this, especially at night. Come earlier during the day or or send a text or Also, Frank, yeah, I, I well this is right in line with Frank though because his his custody papers are like wadded up in his pocket. <laughs> he kind of like un unfurls them, you know, or un uncrinkles them. He's like, "Here. Merry Christmas." Also, underwear model number two, 
of this uh, of this movie. Uh, wait, wait. An underwear model is now taking a number two. <laughs> Continue your description. Uh, um, speaking sounds... of number twos, yeah, we head over to the sister's house. Uh, Shatner starts. He's outside. He's talking about the allergies outside this place. His nose starts running. Um, we go in. The kids are fighting uh, with the dad because they want to open all the presents on Christmas Eve before because these are all the the parents presents i guess are from family and santa's coming tonight with the other presents they don't want to get confused they Mm. they really try to sell that this dad on uh a real crock of bullshit there's no chance that this would fly this is the the father of uh the two kids that belong to uh carol's sister carol's sister and right yes we do get a shot of this this uh Father Jerry. So we have a Jerry, a John, and a Jimmy in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? They all merged together for me. It was very (laughs) hard to keep track of these generic white dudes. And they all look the same. Yeah. I mean, it's Um, 2003. It's like that was the uniform, I think. uh, So they are, uh, they want to open the presents that they got from Aunt Carol, who, um, she had instructed Roberta to only spend $20 on each kid as retaliation for these shitty homemade gifts, apparently. Uh, so she, they, they open up their presents and they got a, a fancy doll and the other kids got a remote control car. And uh, Carol is disgusted because she thinks her assistant has now ripped her off. But uh, William Shatner explains that she uh, paid the money out of pocket. Wow. I would absolutely... Never do that for someone so shitty to myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, I you know when I when I went to Tiffany's to get that ring from for Conan O'Brien, I was like, no, 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 get the nicer one. Yeah, I'll get the nicer that thing. one. You, let's put an inscription on the inside. I'll pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have um, we have we mentioned a you know with uh, the Shatner Santa role here, Doctor Bob, Ghost of Christmas Present how cause they're also teleporting around and yep. i think this might have been this and the present guy uh, or the the bumbling stagehand uh running into tory spelling this might have been my favorite things in the movie shatner teleports around by like like extending his suspenders like because right. I, I guess like they're playing off of his germaphobe uh angle where like don't touch me but here and he like just pulls a suspender out to her uh, also like exposing potentially his uh you know his, his um, belly button his jingle balls <laughs> right well so the first time it happens i had to rewind it because i was like she didn't he didn't just sh- like accidentally show her his genitals did she <laughs> And then because she makes a face like, and he's like, Oops. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not made clear. It's it, not, it it's not, not necessarily implied, but it's definitely like accidental comedy. So you think they were ghastly? Like these genitals were like really unsightly, like maybe gravity over the years has taken to the sack. Oh, oh, oh. sure. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Dr. Bob sack. is a doctor of the mind, not of the... Not of the pants. Right. He doesn't he can't self heal uh medically like that. Only no, mentally. He's not a he's not a Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> I have adamantium testicles. <laughs> Does this ever happen to you guys when you talk about Wolverine? It, it inevitably comes up 
is he circumcised? And if he is, does the foreskin grow back? <laughs> right? It would probably, I, or unless, do you, he was born immortal, right? And then he just got the metal in his body. Yeah, the metal comes comes in the 70s. Yeah, he's right. lived through the Civil War and stuff. He just He's a oh. guy with bone claws that can't die. Yes. So definitely he's got a hood down there. Oh, sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I would yeah. think, yes, if he were circumcised as a baby, uh, it, it might have grown back. Although, you know, if we want to dig deep here, mutant Please. powers don't usually appear... It's kind of oh. because it's like uh, puberty allergy. Uh, so uh, like usually oh. for most mutants, uh, the powers emerge when they're like later in life. So it's not like they have them right away when they're a baby. So but the would question his body is, detect would his body right. detect like there was something severed? And I'm gonna he, I'm gonna return it. Right. Will, did the 13 year old Wolverines or 12 year old Wolverines? Uh, uh, foreskin return mm-hmm. when his healing powers kicked in. Sean, this is about Christmas, right? <laughs> this is, this I mean, fits in perfectly with your podcast. Honestly, this is the modern riddle of the Sphinx that you guys are proposing here. Yeah. I thank you. Have not. I've never once considered Wolverine's foreskin, and now it's all I can think about. <laughs> really? Like I because I'm bring... trying to think culturally how how was he raised? Well, uh, right. Or, and to be uh, honest, I actually thought. I was dumb to bring this up because I thought like everyone has, everyone knows this. Everyone talks about this. It's hacked to bring it up. It's played. These guys know it. Sean's talked about it forever, but it turns out you're a novice when it comes no. to I, you know, circumcision I, of Wolverine. Well, I've, I've <laughs> never really considered any superhero genitals uh, as much as I am right now. Here, here's another noodle melter for you. Uh, <laughs> good. Cause I got, I got all these noodles. Uh, uh, the adamantium was the adamantium grafted to uh, that other bone as well. Hmm? Hmm? His boner? I don't know about oh, that. That's a stretch. No, because no, I, I I get some. Uh, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not a uh, a doctor by trade. Uh, You're a the, lawyer. If, yeah. I'm a lawyer. I'm a real estate You're lawyer, but real uh, I dabble lawyer. in medicine. Uh, no bone down there, Ben. That's mm. okay. Uh, all right. And nothing, nothing to graft onto. Otherwise, it would be it would be solid. You would have to have mm-hmm. some kind of you know T one thousand molten liquid metal that you know when Gene Gray walks by, he's just like like you just hear like a construction site, a steel beam burst. All I'm saying is maybe these uh, maybe these uh, Weapon X guys put some liquid metal down there. You know, maybe oh, he's well, got. I have I have Chris Claremont coming on to talk about a Flintstones Christmas <laughs> in a couple of days, so I will. Talk to him. Yes. Please do. Um, we need to know if Wolverine has a T-1000 wiener. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve. Yeah, so uh, we go to the, the, the sister's house. They read a, 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 a copy of A Christmas Carol that is 10,000 pages long. Um, it's just a short story, guys. It doesn't need to be the size of the family Bible. Um. And then we go. We get one last cut in at John at the soup kitchen. Uh, William Shatner does a horrendous "Hello, is this thing on?" into his fist microphone. And then we get into the big controversy of the day. It's taken Twitter by storm, boys. I have not seen so much activity on social media till Eric Siska brought this to our attention. Uh oh. The ghost of Christmas future, yep. according to Wikipedia. Uh oh. And the Internet Movie Database is. An uncredited performance played by the actor Academy Award nominated 
actor. Yeah. <laughs> James Cromwell. Wow. It's not him. Wow. It's not him. It There's is, no chance. The, the face is different. The nose is different. Some deranged, hallmark obsessive person noticed, and I did check the end credits of this when it ended, is that dude credited at all? And he, there's no credit whatsoever for the ghost of Christmas future. And it's just not him. It's, someone just added that to the internet movie database and Wikipedia. I don't know why. Because they it's were, con- it's were consumed they my day. It's insane. <laughs> I want to, you got to get James Cromwell on this podcast. I, I kept thinking it was James Reborn more. It looks like more like James Reborn than it does James Cromwell. Other than he's yeah. six, he's you know seven feet tall. James Cromwell is a very tall man. But it's neither of them. It's just some dude. It's just some tall dude. I refuse to accept that when your previous ghosts are of the the caliber of a Gary Coleman and a William Shatner. I mean, you got to bring out the big guns for your third ghost this because i mean is it traditionally a silent role i know scrooged was i mean that's just all i know about christmas times yeah so usually the ghost of christmas future is is uh always in you know shadow looks like a grim reaper it's death um i'm trying to think there's been a couple um of course uh obviously you guys you've been following on listeners of the podcast know a barbie in a christmas carol uh the ghost of christmas future speaks but it's it's uncommon that um, it's not you know just somebody in a hooded thing basically yeah. with a sickle. Um, it's never a limo driver, and it's never been James <laughs> Cromwell. <laughs> I, 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 it must be just a thing where it's like, listen, we're not going to pay union rate for this or whatever. Let's just get an extra. I guess I don't know. But it's I got I gotta know I gotta know because I can you just go on IMDb and say that people are in movies. Yeah, and they'll approve oh. it or dis- <laughs> <laughs> they'll approve it or disapprove it. And uh, usually, you know, if you're if you're question horsing around, they'll disapprove it. Because someone's gone to the to the the lengths of they've tagged him on they put him in on Wikipedia. They put it on his own Wikipedia page. They put it on IMDb. It's listed on his IMDb page. I mean, obviously, all this stuff cross references. But then they went into the pictures of the film, and they've tagged him in every yeah. one of the pictures of the and limo driver as James Cromwell. It's not him. This Maybe is diabolical. This is a, a Mandela effect type of thing. No, no that we, was we all just... saw it. <laughs> maybe, maybe you look. Maybe he's the only James Cromwell, and we've just been fooled the rest of the time. Is that what you're suggesting? That Babe didn't happen? I think Babe was a deep state operation, <laughs> and it never occurred. It's a it's a mass hallucination by an entire population. MK Ultra type of stuff. Oh, There's man. fluorine. Well, fluoride in the water. Right, Ben. That's true. You got to watch out for that fluoride. I, you know, it's a it's a heck of a conspiracy. I, I'm not to not to bring things back to uh, the T1000, but I think this guy's kind of like old Robert Patrick a little bit. Oh, Although, yeah? wait, now I'm looking at Robert Patrick, who is actually old. I take that back. Never mind. No, no, no. It's just some guy. It's, it's not just, a time traveling T1000. <laughs> They put out a casting call in the Valley or wherever the hell they filmed this. We need a tall limo driver, preferably with limo. If you have limo, please contact us. And this guy was just, he showed up. He sure did. This Um, limo is is something else. The the effect work they put into Mm. this limo, she gets in and all of a sudden it's like, 
a bunch of lightnings, and it's like, whoa, who was the last guy in this limo? Emperor Palpatine? Huh? Oh, watch out. Huh? My good and right? Odin sons in this thing? This is, <laughs> this is a spooky limo. He's Too a, much electricity. A lot of electricity, you know, he's creating some... He's not speaking traditionally, but, you know, making for some awkward moments with, uh, with our dear Carol. Um, it's, uh, she's uncomfortable, you know, this, this graceless ghost, this gauche of Christmas future. <laughs> uh, now, the, 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 what they do in the Ghost of Christmas Future section is weird even by, like, any Christmas kid. Like, this section is, we see her at the show uh, where she's dressed wildly inappropriate. For a Christmas broadcast Which, or any broadcast. By the way, I, I, I thought this at the time. Like I, you know, I think it's been maybe twenty-five years since I've last looked at Tori Spelling's cleavage, but uh, I did again in this movie, and I kind of, I kind of recognized it a little bit. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> from I, uh, from nine hundred two one zero. I something? remember that. Yeah, from nine hundred two one zero. She was. On stage, let's say, uh, all the time in that, so, in that okay, show. Okay, so a bunch of formative memories for Ben. Thank yeah. you for chiming in. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's uh, Ghost of Christmas past there. <laughs> uh, boy, oh boy. We got the be. ghost of horny, horny present. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she's doing a show. The show that she's doing is, uh, it's just people that are going to come out and tell their families that they hate them. That's the show that she's doing in this future fantasy. That's which, cool. It's okay. not a bad show. I'd watch yeah. that show. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I'd watch that show before I watch a daytime talk show of uh, Tori Spelling's Carol. Um, then she, uh, then we see her. She's aged a little bit. She's fallen on hard times. You know she's fallen on hard times because uh, the passenger door of her car won't close. <laughs> it sure won't. She has to go to uh, this ribbon cutting as she's a, the special guest. But she's way, also, I just love the fact that it's like, look how how bad life is. I'm being paid to cut a ribbon at the opening of a supermarket or whatever. It's like that's still pretty pretty good. Yeah, no, people were excited that she was there. Exactly. You're not, um, you know, you get a yeah. giant scissors. Like that's you know, it's not all bad. It's quite an honor. I personally listen. If you're opening a supermarket, reach out. Well, I mean, there's a whole uh, I mean, anybody that's in a horror movie. This, they, you know, you do two things, and then you spend the rest of your time going to conventions and signing autographs. Doesn't Ex- seem like a bad life. Exactly. Which I can't wait for in the future of you know the distant future when there's podcast conventions. See oh, all the Grampies you used to listen to <laughs> yeah, I when can't, you were younger. I can't wait to, due to inflation, pay three hundred and fifty dollars for your autograph, Eric. <laughs> I really. <laughs> well, thank you. You're going to keep me afloat. I'm going to walk by the other. Down. I walk by the other three guys from We Hate Movies and go right to your line. Thank you. Um, Not me, but I'm going to boycott it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? You couldn't afford a photo anyway. Mm, yeah, it's true. Three hundred fifty bucks is a little steep, even for future prices. <laughs> Who do Ben's you think be, you are? Ben's going to be the guy that just stands in the line to say hello. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like staring at you with his weird beady eyes. But guys, I don't know if you noticed, she's not there just to cut the ribbon at this retirement home. She also then has to is handed uh, one of those California spinning signs, um, which is <laughs> which is not so bad. You well, get a job. You got a gig. 
so I I know this because I went I've been to California one time. I went to Los Angeles for a week uh, about ten years ago, and I asked everybody. I, I didn't. It was the sign spinning was not a thing I was aware of. But in California, you can't just put out like real estate signs or something like that. There's some law, so those signs have to be moving the entire time. Otherwise, it's like considered a billboard. Mm. So that's Weird. a particular art. So she's going to be fired immediately because she's not <laughs> going to be able to to flip the sign around and an do old, all that stuff. An old Irish cop walks up. Oh, what do we got here? <laughs> I'm like doing a German accent for it, though. He's just got a nightstick waxer on the head, right? Like he's you know, twirling come on, his Rummy. nightstick. It's like, um, oh, you got to twirl your sign like I'm twirling me nightstick. And then he brains her. Just brains her. <laughs> <laughs> he brains her and throws a ticket on her body, correct? Because it's a police officer. Yeah. Just sprinkles cocaine on her. <laughs> um, a little that, Christmas snow for you yeah, and a little that, for that, me. Now, now he can legally shoot the body. Uh, we go to uh, we go to Carol's funeral. Sadly, she's passed away. The only people in attendance are Roberta and James, and uh, they. It's not, uh, it's not that bad. No, look, you get it, two people. We also don't know at what age she died. Yeah. She, she didn't seem to like anybody. So why would anybody come to her funeral? You die right now. No one's going. So you know, it kind of changes the perspective of two people. Right, you know what I mean. In quarantine, you know, a funeral is done over Zoom. So yeah, um, I was very excited for this scene. I, I was hoping it would flash forward to some kind of grave or funeral scene. So we got like, all right, this is some casket action here. Yeah, yeah. But first, we have to have a five-minute talking catch-up between Roberta and James, who used to be lovers. I guess. Until, yeah, we're until- meant. We're meant to I conf- like. I I confused it with the other guy. I was like, all right. Well, he had family. like his arm around her when when the other underwear guy came to the door to try to steal the kid away. Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's there yeah. at the funeral, and I think we're meant to to believe that like their budding romance was torn asunder because of this this horrible future where she remains a Scrooge. And right, uh, you uh, know. so. So the idea is that because uh, Frank, the deadbeat dad who showed up on Christmas Eve, got full custody and took the daughter to Chicago, uh, Roberta's life fell apart. And then, uh, but not enough that uh, she's still loyal enough to show up to this funeral. Uh, a good assistant to the end. Mm. <laughs> she's professional. Um, uh, Lily, uh, does, she's a, she's a grown up now. She's married. She lives in Chicago. She never forgave her mother for all the time she spent with Carol instead of her and then uh the limo driver uh escorts carol up to the the casket and it's her (laughs) casket oh the classic christmas carol scrooge at his own grave scene yes we get so how how would tori spelling's distraught scene in the coffin compare to to let i need some some analysis here based on your research so far where where is this ranking uh, I'll say that uh, the speech she gives is almost identical to any version of a Christmas Carol. Right. Like they just, they just at this point they just started cribbing directly from the text. Um, acting wise, production wise, it uh, sucks all the shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's real bad. Um, um, and then I will say her turnaround. Uh, because the thing about a Christmas Carol is that Scrooge goes home on Christmas Eve and he wakes up Christmas morning a changed man. 
in this movie, she went to sleep at noon and she woke up at 2.30. <laughs> and she's done such a personality turnaround switch and nobody is concerned. Yeah, she's got a concussion or something. Mm, Get this yeah, lady no, to this, the hospital. This is a head injury or some nonsense. <laughs> or she's intoxicated, she's on drugs or something because mm. she is as ha- the happiest person in the world, the happiest man alive. And again, nobody's like, oh, Carol, you seem different. They just go with it, which yeah. I, I don't think that they would do. I mean, this is pretty bizarre because she's like, oh, how much do I pay you again? Oh, you know what? I'm going to double it. No, triple it. And oh, here's money out of my wallet. She's and also, she's just so grateful. I mean, yeah, uh, she's she's seen her life flash before her eyes. Oh, there was some mention like she has like some extra house. <laughs> yeah, you can just, why don't you get out of there and stay in the, in the house I got? And now yeah. it's like... Yeah, she's has a, she owns a rental property, and Roberta's like, oh, I'm sorry, as soon as we're back from Christmas, I will find somebody to, f- to live in there. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I want you to live there. <laughs> Rent-free. So, but at the same time, that's like, you know that string's attached. It's like, now mm. my boss controls my home as well. Yeah, and I'm gonna. I'm in such a good mood. I'm gonna be over all the time. We're gonna be the best of friends. <laughs> technically, this is my refrigerator, so I get to pop into it. Yeah, you're still you're still technically an employee. You're still an employee, but uh, we're gonna be roommates. How does she have a second house? How does she have her own show, guys? I don't know if you noticed this, <laughs> but the Carol show yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's a spelling. She is a spelling. Her father was Aaron Spelling. That's she why she's on nine hundred two one zero. That's why she's on TJ Hooker. That's why she's got everything, and we have nothing. Doesn't she have a brother too? There's like she has like a little brother. Mm. Yeah, first name B, right? Last name Spelling. <laughs> I don't know. It's really bad. Is that is that dyslexia again, there, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly sometimes think I I'm un- undiagnosed. Well, yeah, no, that kid always B spelling. Eric is just he's playfully inverting it, much like the title of this movie. I love it. See? A Carol I, Christmas. I lo- See, I I love wordplay. I've always loved wordplay, and Eric Siska is one of the best. That's right. Um, <laughs> The the last thing that she does to Roberta, uh, which this this does this happens in most Christmas carols. So the the change is that the thing that really puts Scrooge over the edge is that he sees uh, Tiny Tim, and he asks the ghost if Tiny Tim will live. And the ghost of Christmas Present always goes, "I see uh, in one year, I see a Christmas with an empty stool and a crutch in the corner, perfectly preserved." And there's oh no, Tiny Tim's gonna die because I'm too mean to this family. They don't have money to pay for him. Right. This one, but so on Christmas morning, he always goes, and I'm going to take care of Tiny Tim, this kid I you've never told me about, whose medical history I'm now infinitely, like, completely familiar with. So on this, she goes, here's a card from my lawyer. And Roberta just goes, okay, because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to need this. Uh. Why? <laughs> it, it, like... The scene with the ex-husband doesn't happen until later that day, if it even happens at all. But it, she's just like, it just preemptively, you're going to need this lawyer. He's going to take care of everything. And Roberta just doesn't doesn't question it. She doesn't go, take care of what? What? Are you suing me? Am I being sued? Am I in trouble? No no worries. Are, am I implicit, complicit in the 9-11 hijackings? What, what do I have to do? 
It's, why uh, do I need a representation? She, she, you know, Roberta's trusting. That's why. Listen, that's why she's got her on the staff. All she did was carry a couple box cutters for those gentlemen. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> all she had to do was she provided a voided check for flight school. Yeah. Um. So are Carol there any, goes. Are there any Hallmark nine eleven movies? There has to be, right? I would. Th- that's your next December, Sean. <laughs> I don't know because I'm I I honestly I don't know that Hallmark. I'm only familiar with the Hallmark Christmas movies because it's it's become kind of a, in my uh, my community of dumb standups. It's become like an ironic, you know, thing that they can get together and make fun of on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Um, I don't know what they do the rest of the year. Well, I maybe s- they're showing Christmas all the time. I don't know. I say uh, we need to encourage them to turn September into. The 9-11 movie month. A September to remember. Never forget it. Never forget. Yeah. Uh, well, there was that one movie, Remember Me, from I think 2010-ish with Ru- uh, Mr. Goodtime, Robert Pattinson. Remember oh, Me. Yeah. That's a secret 9-11 movie. He's like, his dad is like Pierce Brosnan. And they have, it's like the whole movie is just them like, bleh, bleh, like boring, like, you know, clashing. And he's like, all right, I'll finally go and see my dad. And he walks up to his dad's office, and the dad's down, you know, not, like not even in the lobby, like outside. And then Robin Pattinson's like looking at his dad's office and sees the airplane coming, and it's fucking the World Trade Center. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and it's just like, wow. How did that happen? Anyway, spoiler uh, alert. I tend, to, I tend to really actively try to avoid any uh, schmaltzy 9-11 movies. I've never seen mm-hmm. Incredibly Loud and... What's that one? The extremely Tom Hanks. Extremely close and incredibly uh, loud. Loose change. <laughs> <laughs> what are the other schmaltzy ones? <laughs> uh, Flight 93, World yeah, Trade Center. United uh, 93. Rain Over Me. That's a secret 9-11 movie, right? Yeah. The Adam Sandler. Uh, right. He's all like Don sad. Cheadle. He's sad about it. What's that about? <laughs> yeah, I think he just saw the footage on TV and he got bummed out. <laughs> I was really bummed that day. Yeah, it was a real pain in the ass. It was, yeah. My phone wouldn't work for a little bit. Mm. I was in Amherst, Massachusetts. Really didn't affect me at all, but I still. My grandmother, who I lived with, uh, had to be hospitalized for heart failure that morning. So I'm just in the hospital with her, and I'm just watching it on the telly. <laughs> That's my story. Wow. On the telly, in, on the telly, when you were living in Manchester, England. <laughs> It was in uh, I was in uh, Kingston, New York. Okay, which is very similar to England. <laughs> also, uh, uh, Massachusetts for me. So, two Massachusetts. Oh, right. That's right. I was, we were both probably freshmen in college, right? I was, uh, yeah, I was in my dorm room when I found this out. I always forget you guys are so much older than me. I'm a young gun. <laughs> Are we that much older than you? you? I, think ref- just, I think you were one year ahead of me in, in terms of schooling. Ref- oh, okay. Refer to us as Grampy from now on. You yeah, are please. Grampy. <laughs> show, show us some respect. Couple yeah, put, put some uh, put some respect on that MPY. <laughs> I, I'm doing it with an IE because I feel like it's more more disrespectful. <laughs> My damn grandson calls me Grampy with an IE, and I don't like it. <laughs> hey, Grampy. It's that damn wordplay again. <laughs> uh, um, she uh, she goes on the air, and uh, she once she cancels the world's largest Santa. Not she don't want to do that kind of show anymore. Did him dirty. Yeah. 
And then that guy's just got to fucking wheel himself out of the studio somehow. I'm sorry. You know, he shows up, he gets paid. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's the way it's got to be. It's kind of probably a win-win for him. Yeah. Do you think he also has the fattest reindeer in the world? I do. I think he's feeding it beefaroni and shit. (laughs) I'll be honest. I think that guy could be considered the world's greatest whatever he's dressed up at. World's biggest. You know. (laughs) That's his script. He shows up dressed as Fonzie. He's the world's largest Fonzie. Yeah. It's it's not specific to Santa. It's brilliant. (laughs) Uh, Put a Panama hat on. He's the world's largest uh, Dr. John Hammond. Um, Yeah. So she she goes on the air and instead of doing the show she just uh, she wants to thank the crew and she she announces that over the next hiatus she's the whole crew and their families are going to Hawaii on her dime, which is ludicrous. How much how much does she make? Yeah, that I mean, there's that and also like I'm not a, I'm not a fan of uh, forced vacation, even if yeah. it is to Hawaii. It's all expenses paid. It's still I I don't want to feel obligated. I want to relax. Exactly. Suddenly, you got to go out to dinner with them every night. It's like you're you become an indentured servant again. Like you're just you're pleasing them because they did such a nice thing for you. Yeah, I know. I got to go to to go to to Carol's luau. Yeah, exactly. Oh god, Um, it's all about Carol. It's always about Carol, no matter what she does. Even this, she's what uh, doing this thing now. Also, where she's gonna give give money away or something like that. Like it's it's showboating. You're right. And yeah. this fucking Scrooge in the original iteration, too. He's like, look how great I feel. It's not about how anyone else is. It's like, look how great I am now. It's another ploy to love me. Fuck these people. Fuck the Scrooges. <laughs> fuck the Grampies. I'm she sorry definitely, that I'm cussing so she much. She has a money, a money bin, right? Oh, it's like a Scrooge McDuck uh, yeah. coin vault? Yeah. Yeah, well, almost certainly. Okay. Did you cover well, Scrooge so- Mc- McDuck yet? Yeah, that's the one uh, I, I went up uh, as we record this. I did that oh, with nice. my children. Very and, nice. And uh, it was fun. We had a fun uh, little chat. But she, so, so Ben, you are right. She is going to start giving all of the money away. But uh, the part you're missing is she, she goes into this spiel about how she's constantly being offered uh, <laughs> to put her name and her face on, on products. Yes. You know, people keep offering her celebrity endorsements and, Left and all this and stuff. right. And she turns it down because she never wanted to be that kind of person. You know, she's got too much integrity. But now that she's uh, transformed and she's got Christmas flowing through her veins, she's going to put her <laughs> face on it. She says, I'm going to put my face on everything. And all the money's going to go to John's Homeless Shelters. John, <laughs> the Good Guy of the Year Award recipient. Mm-hmm. We all know him. When you've we, got we that, follow pretty close. that pure, uncut Christmas coursing through your body. It's just who knows what's going to happen next. Uh, oh, well, I guess what's going to happen next is she starts her like own like Newman's own brand or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like let let me let me pose this to you boys. Where's the line for you in terms of when you would purchase a product with Tori Spelling's face on it? Who? Let's see. You know what I mean? Mm. Are oh, we know, talking the yeah. price line of something or the, the whatever the specific product what, is? What would be the thing where you're like, you know what? I'll trust the Tory Spelling brand. Like, I, I'm going to buy the Tory Spelling brand because I'm like, okay. Uh, and her face is on it. Hmm. You know, like, I go to Target and I'm like, ah, do I need pans? Should I go with Cuisinart? Right. KitchenAid or Chrissy Teigen? Which one of these <laughs> very reliable 
brands am I going to go let with? Let me see. Tori Spelling, I don't know, a mountain bike. Yeah. What's a product? Uh, yeah, 10 speed. <laughs> yeah, dude. If it's cool. a, a cross branding, Huffy and Tori Spelling, I think uh, you've got yourself mm. a good product there. Uh, I, I don't maybe like uh, diet pills or something like that. <laughs> okay. Like, How about a trapper keeper? <laughs> there you go. That's a much nicer. Sensible. Yeah. Now, Tori Sean, Spelling, you, you have Alpha children. Brain. I do. <laughs> do they uh, have trapper keepers still? Is that a thing still? Uh, is that my a kids gra- are. Is that Grampy talk? Well, so I think a trapper keeper is uh, something, once you get to a certain age, my kids are in second grade and they're home half the week. So they have right. one folder for everything. They go to school two days a week and then they're basically on their their, their Chromebooks the rest of the time. Um, Ooh, I'd buy a Tory Spelling branded Chromebook. There you go. I think you probably actually could. <laughs> I, I'm not honest. I think the three of us could get into the Chromebook game. It seems like it's available for anybody. It's a it's a real that was a real strange uh, market to try to navigate. <laughs> we and should really, do it. All we'd have to do is just like tape our pictures to them, right? We just have to buy a bunch mm-hmm. of Chromebooks. Tape. I'm doing that anyway when I go to the store. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well now. We just give them out to children. <laughs> Got to get the word out in this in the spirit of Christmas. They can see the Grampies that gave them the Chromebook. <laughs> right the three grampies brand that's our brand <laughs> i like it i'm not i'm not i'm not uh, i'm not so unsure that we're not going to do a, a three grampies holiday special next year right. i would love to and uh, none of way, this podcast bullshit I song sincere, and dancing i sincerely apologize for ruining this show oh no this has been fun uh we're so we're so close to the dismount though there's a couple of really stupid things um so they she uh gets invited to Christmas Eve dinner over at uh Roberta's house uh where one she knows that Roberta's ex-husband's coming and she politely declines cuz she doesn't want any part of that. So she goes to her sister's house and she meets up with these two uh kids, the niece and the nephew who uh, but love her. They're over the moon about this lady and she could give a shit about them, but now she wants them to know. Look, I never loved you until right now. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And they love her because she's on television. So they can lord that over other other children. No, these are the... The yeah. yeah the the children of celebrities are pretty bad, but I got to imagine the nieces and nephews of celebrities are infinitely worse. Definitely. Definitely. Because with with a child, there's the chance that you might run into them at a soccer game. Like, oh my God, look at that. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm trying to find a, the name of a famous person. You know, celebrities should be force, forcefully sterilized. I think, like, <laughs> let's. You, you're, you're, you got, you got, you got the world enough already. You don't have to create a fiefdom. You don't have to make all your kids famous too. Yeah, there's too many of them as is. Let's thin the yeah, herd. Exactly. I think exactly. we need to round up celebrity children and yep. prevent them from also procreating because like okay it's, it's a bloodline going. question you know you could do that with it you could lure them with some type of pipe tune <laughs> you know was that was that what they call it a, a flute yes the pied piper piper oh, the, yes the pied piper of, that's where uh, i was going a brentwood mm-hmm yeah mm-hmm. and you learn uh, you I'm lure not, them all out i'm not opposed and then what do you um, do with them ben what do you uh, do in that dark hour <clears throat> I I uh, 
I open presents for them. Yo, That's for what? them. Because <laughs> <laughs> presumably they're, they're tied up, so they don't have the access to the yeah, hands. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, this uh, is... Yeah. Each some... box contains a gas serum or something, right? <laughs> Just a clump of their mother's hair. Ah... Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I celebrate Christmas my own way. There's a lot of <laughs> yeah. a lot of tinsel involved too, as yeah. said earlier. So she shows up to the sister's house. She sits down. She gives the kids a present. She does her spiel, and then they ask her if uh, she wants to string popcorn. Mm-hmm. Which uh, my wife the other day said that she has always wanted to do that, and I can't think of anything worse than sitting with a thread needle and sewing popcorn together into a <laughs> yeah that's a seems garland. Like a, seems like a waste of popcorn i'd rather eat it yeah <laughs> eat that popcorn jeez yeah. um but then they're there they're all reconciling the whole family's together it's a nice aunt reunion uh when uh-oh knock at the door who's there it's good guy of the year john joyce oh baby <sighs> love this guy he saw carol on the program and then he went to the studio, but she was already gone. And he he still pres- watches. He he had to <laughs> every day. He doesn't miss it. Today's the day she's not going to be a bitch today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just when you are good guy of the year. That's just what you do. You know, you do Watch that TV. You, you you and then you tear yourself away from your soup kitchen so you can come to the to the dinner and and. And uh, reunite with your love, and in true Hallmark movie tradition, uh, get in some deep French tongue action. <laughs> a wild, tongue? a wild smooch. This, this is deep. This, I, I mean, my goodness, uh, uh, I don't know what was going on between Tori Spelling and uh, this actor playing John Joyce, but it seems a little inappropriate here. Uh, yeah, their bodies started to merge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, like liquid metal. Mm, I just got a notion, mm. Ben. Ooh. You were talking about tinsel. Do you think T-1000, is that what he jizzes? <laughs> okay. All right, boys. All right. Uh, uh, ooh, uh, uh, well, you know what? No, you, you, I'm not going to let you cut that one. <laughs> no, I'm not cutting anything. <laughs> I've been trying to do these episodes. They're like, I'm putting them out. There's 25 minute episodes. There's, you know, one. I was like, oh no, this one's 53 minutes. We're at an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> well, we of all we, gold, yes. baby. It's all staying in. Oh, that's true. It is gold. Thank you. Um, yeah. So John, uh, John shows up, and then we get the the <laughs> we get the whole family just to sit down, uh, just like in the fantasy, just like in the in the in the uh, the illusion of Christmas future. Uh, Jerry's going to read them Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, cover to cover. Uh, Mm. I bought a copy of it when I started this, and I'm about 35 pages into it. It's only 100 pages long. You could probably get through that in an hour and a half, reading it aloud. Mm. Uh, Sure. Like Maybe if you're like the Micro Machines guy, remember him? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. Only Only 90s kids will remember him. (laughs) Yeah. Check out, uh, ask your Grampy or go to YouTube or something and look Micro Machine guy up. Uh, Was it Micro Machine Man? That might be better. MMM? I don't know. I guess that's history's history's. You know, the the thing about podcasting is, is you can lead a horse to water, but we can't Google it for you. Exactly. Um, you're all horses. Mm-hmm. Um, why the long face? Oh boy. I, and I can't tell you how many times, uh, you know, I think we're all three married men on this show. 
uh, how many times you've been sitting down with your family, six across in a straight line on a couch, uh, reading a long book, and then you oh just burst. God. You just burst into joy to the world. <laughs> Every day. I just I, I love it. I love sitting in a straight line, not being able to see anybody besides the person next to me. There was one moment where uh, Shatner was showing her like uh, the assistant's house and the kids or whatever. And he's like, "Oh, that's too bad." And she's like, "What?" There's one room. Le- there's one space left on the couch. Like more people be be having fun right now, and it's just like, God damn it! Shoot me in the head. This is filmed garbage. This is right? garbage. As if they had to spell it out. It's it's a fucking Christmas Carol. It's been done nine thousand times. <laughs> the only reason this movie works is because you can use all the shortcuts because we all know the story. Yeah, you don't have to show me spelling it out. Oh boy. Ooh. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, um, did I uh, tore you too hard on that one? Uh, That's not even near try, but uh, I'm doing it. We get we get the three. Uh, <laughs> I'd buy the the Tory spellings, speaking spelling. All right, that, uh, never mind. Mm. Continuing on, speaking spell. That's a thing, right? I didn't just make that up. That, no, that's a that's a yeah, that's a that's a real uh, a real toy. Do, do your two year olds have that? No, second graders have that. No, they can speak and spell on their own now. They don't need a machine to do that shit for them. Got it. What is the age uh, for a speak and spell? Not to, I have no idea. Not to prolong the dismount, but... Uh, no, hey, prolong it. It's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's try, I'm going until 2 a.m. Why I'm not? all fired up. Oh. Why not? We're ta- Listen, we're going to do the whole movie over again. We're talking speak and spell. Is that the one that goes... Yeah, uh, you, would, you would spell the word in it, and then it would say... Oh, okay. You know, you'd spell like hamster, and it would go hamster. Uh, That's I cool. There's a on the uh, I mean on the on the first uh, Dane Cook harmful if swallowed uh, compact audio disc you can uh, available from Comedy Central Records. He's got a a great speak and spell bit. Oh, okay. Ooh. Harmful if swallowed. Uh, that's also on the bottle of uh, Tory Spelling's <laughs> diet pills. <laughs> <laughs> And her spaghetti sauce. Uh. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, never mind. So we get the final. We get the final shot of the three Force ghosts from Return of the Jedi. Yep, standing outside in a row. William Shatner, not James Cromwell, and Gary <laughs> Coleman, all composited together. Since there's no chance that all three of them showed up at the same time. No way. S- sometimes people just need a little jolt to get them back on track. Maybe. She'll make the world a better place for other people. A little. And then Gary Coleman says, "Christmas jolt." Amen to that. Uh, what you talking about, Shatner? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what this that was? Is... Pop. What's that's, that? That's me bursting your bubble, Siska. <laughs> nice. That was one line that Coleman delivered. Uh, I know we're sort of like, why didn't they? Shell out the dough for him to, to give us the Willis line, but uh, I like that pop line. That was pretty good. That was another one from the show? I have no idea. No, I no, don't know they, they spent all the money on uh, putting the thunder underneath his voice as he, in the Satan sound effects as he stood up on the table and yelled about her immortal soul. <laughs> <laughs> Where they were like shooting him from below, and he's like, let's make Gary Coleman look totemic. <laughs> now, before we go out of here, boys... I need a speak uh, and spell for that word, uh, Ben. Oh, polemic. do you? 
<laughs> Ooh, yeesh. Speak and define. Mm, mm. T- uh, totem pole. Ooh, mm. Hey, 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 Siska, get a little bu over here. Same words like polemic. Uh, no, totemic. Oh, I, I didn't even hear the word right. No, I, I, wait, wait. The, 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 I'm not. I'm t- <laughs> totemic. What? That can't be a word. The Knights Templar. Oh my goodness! I always knew it. Woo. Uh, would you guys, uh, is this going to make it into your Christmas viewing habits? It already has. I'm going to show this to my <laughs> wife immediately after this. Uh, okay. I <laughs> thought you were about to say you were about to announce that you were taking your own life and this was the last <laughs> one you watched. I want you to sit her down and hold her hand and say, this is very important. i going to do this very sincerely. <laughs> this is, this is very important to me. And then you put the movie on. <laughs> And you, and then whenever she tries to make fun of it or, or move away, you, you kind of like reaffirm that hand hold. No, 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 no. no, no we're, we're, just, just, just wait, just wait. If there's any time to go crazy, it's 2020. I think, I think I'll need to hold her eyes open as well because yeah. uh, Clockwork Orange. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a heck of a montage to to get strapped into a chair and just a just a the greatest hits of the Hallmark Channel? That's oh, what you're boy. doing. That, no, it's not what I'm doing. I've watched Whoa. some. Uh, I'm watching anything that says a Christmas Carol. I, I love right. a Christmas Carol. Like there are there are great versions of it. This is this is not. I would say uh, the majority of the things that I've watched so far have been very good. Uh, this was uh, this was the outlier. This was complete horseshit. <laughs> um, I can't I can't in good faith recommend anybody watch this. You guys may be surprised to hear this, but uh, uh, actually, I think you might have uh, alluded to this earlier, Sean. Uh, this was the last effort from director Matthew Ermus. Yeah. Last no, effort. A- Damn shame. Yes. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that how many, how many, uh, how many directors come out with a masterpiece like this and they can't, they can't follow it up? I think he it's saw true. the final cut of this and was like, I'm out. That's it. You got, you got, uh, this is Deer Hunter. Do you risk a Heaven's Gate? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know? Has anyone seen, I've never seen Heaven's Gate. I think, is it good? Is that one of those movies that's actually good? I have not I would would assume so. I feel like. It's gotta be. I feel like it's probably better than, I watched Ishtar relatively recently. I was like, this is a funny movie. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Ishtar is still, I'm still kind of a holdout on that, but I should reevaluate it. I gotta, I, um, yeah, I, I gotta, I have to go through Elaine May. I've never seen Ishtar. I've only seen a new leaf, which is amazing. One of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I, I, I luckily that was, I think one of the last movies I saw in the theater before COVID or not maybe one of the last 50 movies I saw in the theater before COVID. Was (laughs) Was that new leaf? uh, Yeah. It was that film form. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at you city kids with your fancy things. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm kind of a little bit of a country boy these days. I travel into the city. Ben's the one that's in that rat-infested hovel. Uh, you can tell. <laughs> look at him. Look at this urbanite. Uh, yeah. um, you gonna go hey. have a latte after this, Mister <laughs> City? I, well, I've got a, I've got material. What are you gonna, are you gonna here? be walking here? I've got material <laughs> here for a rat tail. I don't know if you guys. Oh, know that yeah. is. Uh, you do, you do. Uh, you got the, you, both of you boys keeping the uh, yeah. the hair nice and long. Uh huh. 
That's uh, true. And, uh, you know, Ben, you tie that up into a rat tail, get a slice of pizza, people start taking your photo around town. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we all need grifts these days, you know. I, I could join up with, uh, you know, the pizza world's rat. fattest Santa. We have our little two-man show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he could. you two could fight over the pizza. <laughs> I would pay money to watch that. There we go. We'll charge you $350, future dollars. My thanks again to Eric Siska and Ben Worcester. Uh, you can hear Eric every week on the We Hate Movies podcast. It's one of my favorites. And you can hear him join Ben uh, roughly once a month, I think they said. They go through uh, an episode of TJ Hooker on Hooked on TJ Hooker, their TJ Hooker rewatch podcast. Uh, they're both great guys, and it was so fun to uh, catch up with them after all these years. Uh, tomorrow on the program... We're yabba-dabba-doing it. So yabba-dabba-do come back because we've got comedian and old-school game show announcer Will Smalley, and we're talking the Flintstones' Christmas Carol. I haven't seen this thing since I was a kid, if I've seen it at all. So I'm real excited to go through it with my good friend, Will Smalley. Thank you guys so much. Make sure you go to iTunes, rate, review, share the show on Facebook, tell a friend. I don't care. Uh, the numbers are way better than I thought. So uh, I thank you guys from the bottom of my heart, and we'll see you again tomorrow.